Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to network executives in the time of COVID-19. I spoke to producers. Now it's time to find out what the networks are saying. How are they handling the quarantine and all the production stop downs? And what are they looking to buy right now? What does the future even look like? First up, it's second time guest on the podcast, Courtney White, president of the Food Network, followed by three time guest on the podcast, Jason Sarlanis. He is the SVP of development at TLC. So I'm here with Courtney White, who I originally chatted with. I had to look today. It was August 6th. 2018. We did a deep dive with Courtney and her career. Today, it's going to be a little different. But Courtney, that might have been the last time I saw you in person. I think so. It was Real Screen West. It was. So yeah. that's almost two years ago. How is that possible? I know. I, it's hard to keep track of time, especially now in quarantine, but always. Yeah. But now we have an excuse, I guess. Exactly. So you moved, you were in Knoxville. When I... Yeah. Saw you, were you still living in Knoxville? I forget. Yeah. And I, and I said in that, um, interview how I was never going to move again. <laughs> and now you're in Connecticut. <laughs> right. so how did that work out? I, and I think I was mid renovation. And what happened, what tends to happen is like, as soon as I put like the last nail into a renovation, right. um, I get relocated. So that's what happened. I just, you know, I guess I just call it to myself that way, but do you miss um, Knoxville? I do. Yeah. Um, you know, my kids are old enough now that they miss their friends. And Knoxville was just such a great place to live. Um, and we had a farm down there. And so that's what brought us to Connecticut is that we wanted to bring all of our farm animals. So um, we found a little farm up here, which is which is nice. So it's we're back up near family, um, but we miss our friends down there a lot. I hear you. It's it's a transition. I mean, you're already yeah. in, in East Co Northeaster, so it's not like yeah. that kind of transition, but you had settled your life down there. You had your yeah. farm and your million animals. Yep. yep. Do you guys still and have our horses? Our youngest was born down there. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at them now, actually, out the window. Oh, I want to see. So People want to see. It's <laughs> kind of like this fun, voyeuristic look into people's lives that That's what we've I, been saying on Zoom. Yeah. Just like, you know, you were like, Oh, what's, what's that on your bookcase or, you yeah. know, seeing somebody's like dog come into frame and you get to see all these, um, all these little offices you never saw, but like Zasov's doing a, a weekly town hall. And so he always starts at from his home office. So we're all like, Oh, I like that. Right. Like those, that, it must curtains. be a modest little shack, that home office, <laughs> his home office. We only get to see a little corner. Like right. we know that we're only seeing, we're only seeing some of it. Yeah. Well, that is the fun part about seeing the celebrities, Instagrams and everything, even though sometimes it could be annoying. It's also very fun voyeurism. Yes, it is. I'm always looking at their cabinets or their nice fridges or, you know, taking notes. Yeah. Are you cooking? Speaking of cabinets and food network. Yeah. I mean, we've always cooked and now Friday nights we're doing pizza. Um, and sometimes we'll order once a week from like a local restaurant for, for dinner, but otherwise we're cooking a ton and we're baking a ton, which we've always done, but now it's like big time. So I feel like um, I'm baking like it's my job. 
Yeah, I saw something posted on, um, I think it's King Arthur Flower that they sold more in three weeks in March than they did all of, or maybe even a week in March than all of holiday. I believe it. So, yeah. I hadn't baked in three years until this. And now every other day I need to be baking something. It's yeah. the weirdest Do you have any thing. new favorites? What, what's yeah, my banana chocolate chip walnut muffins with whole Ooh. wheat flour. They're delicioso. That sounds great. Send you the recipe. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, we you? need to branch out. We've been doing everything. Actually, our our latest favorite, and it's it doesn't kill that much time, but um, Reed Drummond, Pioneer Woman, on her show on Saturday, she did a chocolate mug cake that you just mm-hmm. microwave for 90 seconds. And it tastes like a chocolate lava cake that you would get at a restaurant. It's really, really rich. So you, yeah, you really need to scoop on some vanilla ice cream on top. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the kids, <laughs> you insist, <laughs> the kids can make it themselves and they love it. So that's our, that's our new go-to. So apparently, did you see this Disney release their churros recipe? This is a big thing, I guess, on TikTok yes. or wherever. So yes. we had to make it the other night. You got to be careful with that hot oil. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Did it turn out well? I mean, I actually never tried it because I'm eating so much. I just don't need churros at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And now the next day, they don't seem that appealing. But yeah. apparently they were good, according to the others we, in the family. We also started watching Little House on the Prairie, I which my husband and I haven't seen since we were kids. That was one of my favorite shows. Does it hold up? Me too. It holds up like nobody's business. Really? I mean, it is super wholesome, but it <laughs> right. is like, it's really well done. It's really compelling. Except Do you for, watch you know, Housewives? I forget. I haven't seen, I fell off like a couple years ago when I hadn't gotten okay, back Because in. Kyle Richards from Beverly Hills was on Little House in the Prairie. W- who was she? She wasn't one of the main family I mean, probably all the Housewives fans are yelling into their phones right now. They want to tell me what she was, but she was on it like more than once. Okay. I got to go and look. I'll have to look it up, but I can't do that while we're talking. But we are talking about food, which is a perfect transition to Food Network. Now, I've heard that your ratings have been way up and that doesn't surprise me. So what's going on with Food Network and how have things changed for you in the last four to five weeks? So... You know, it's interesting because we have at food really um, in the past six to nine months have really dug in and have um, amped up our storytelling. And a few months ago, um, late fourth quarter, coming off of our holiday programming, you know, we were really looking at where our occasional viewers were going and our occasional viewers were going to a couple who we were losing and they were going to a couple places for food content and info. They were going to digital and we surf them big time from the Food Network Kitchen app and our websites. But then from an entertainment basis, they were going to 90 Day Fiance. So at least they're staying in the family but also going to Bravo and they were going to shows that were more emotional um, with big stakes, really sticky characters. And at the same time we had revamped and brought back restaurant impossible in a way that was much more emotional 
um, got really deep into the underlying issues of restaurant owners, whether it was, you know, a marriage of a family who owned a restaurant, um, tension between generations. And Robert Irvine, who's incredible in that show, and he walks into these restaurants and he doesn't know what he's walking into in any episode. And he's able to really tease out what is the root of that, of that problem. Food is always a part of that show. A restaurant makeover is, all, is always part of that show. But what was really new about the season we brought back was how emotional it was. And in first quarter, early first quarter, that was the show that really popped ratings wise. And for us, it was kind of this canary in a coal mine of how could we really lean into that in, in storytelling. And so March was a big month for us all along. Um, we were launching Guy Fieri's Turnitin of Champions, a brand new show, which was a competition show, but we let the cameras roll as much backstage as on stage. So there was the green room. And as soon as somebody left the stadium and the competition, we followed them. That's my um, favorite. I yeah, love so, behind the scenes. Yeah. And it was, stuff. it was um, new for us. And for us at Food Network, it represented everything you would get in a Food Network show. It had the competition. It had the great talent. It had the creativity. Um, but then it also had this emotion that you really saw and this side to chefs who some of whom you've seen on our air before and some of you, some you hadn't. And that was new. And we brought back Buddy versus Duff, which is um, also an emotional show because the stakes are so high for those guys and their personal investment is so heightened. So March was always a big month for us. And it just so happened that we had all of these shows that really brought a really wide audience, whether you're coming for food or you were coming for character or you were coming for a story or you're coming from competition, all of these had multi-layers of appeal, which is something that we always try to do strategically. And Tournament of Champions, for example, we launched in March because we wanted it to play off of March Madness. It was a bracket competition show where we invited viewers to participate in picks online. And it turned turned out to for some viewers take place of March Madness. So exactly. the NBA was canceled. And, and so what we're getting is our weekends are breaking records, our weekend daytime with cooking shows because everybody's cooking more, whether you love to cook or you have never cooked, everybody needs to right now. And you may have had, you know, your favorite handful of recipes in your repertoire. Now you got to break out because at this point, you know, you, you got to shake it up and you got to, be new and you're looking for inspiration. So we're serving that. Um, and then we're serving families who are around the, the TV together and can all watch something together. And that's where Buddy versus Duff and Spring Baking Championship um, are really rising to that occasion and getting a lot of co-viewing. And you're getting people who aren't served by um, competition anywhere else. So for the first time, People who are sports fans, they're coming to watch Chopped or they're coming to watch Guy's Grocery Games or Beat Bobby Flay because we're showing competition, which is which is interesting. So what's exciting is that our ratings are rising across all day parts and across every day. Um, and then we're also seeing 
great uh, numbers for uh, diners, drive-ins and dives and oh, yeah, our house. daytime. Yeah. And our, and, and I think the voyeurism um, there's a comfort to food and then there's a voyeurism of going out to eat. And, and I think people are dreaming of the day when they can go back out and it's um, there's just something about the comfort of food in a time like this. So for, for us, we're really, our work is feeling more meaningful than it ever has. Um, yeah. That that's one of the main comfort. reasons. That's one of the main reasons I want to talk to you because I thought there's certain buckets, right? Like the 90 day fiance of it all, that sort of escapist has nothing to do with anything we would already be watching, but it's even more delicious now to pardon the pun, but, yeah. but the food network in particular, I mean, my husband who is a huge sports fan, but has also always loved food network, but he's got it on 24 seven. So I just find it, it doesn't surprise me what you're saying, but one thing that you said strikes me about the day parts of it all, because obviously usually people are at work um, yeah. or if they're working, they don't really put the TV on in the background. You know, that's not something they do, but obviously things have changed now, depending on what the next year or two looks like, even if people quote unquote, go back to work, a lot of people may still be working from home and staying home. Are you guys looking toward producing more original content for day parts in a different way than you were before? Well, we're, we've always at Food Network um, programmed for weekend daytime. So that has been a differentiator for us because we have this in the kitchen block, which is where we have the kitchen and Ina and Reed Drummond. So we've always programmed for that. So we will continue to have that be part of our business for what we have during the week, um, Monday through Friday, we are relying on the library, either from Cooking Channel um, or from Weekend Daytime or from Prime. So we probably won't shift more of our programming dollars to daytime, but we we have found that being a, a network that does program for, for daytime um, in the more instructional vein has really served us well. And so that will continue. So, you know, we get the mandates from the agencies and they've been updating like crazy now in the last few weeks. And my, the thing I used to love to do when I would be pitching all the time would bring the mandate to the meetings and say, okay, Courtney, tell me what's right in this. Tell me what is it? You know, cause it's always like half is right and half is like, huh? Right. But I'm not going to pull it up, but, but tell me, you know, what these conversations are internally about what kinds of new pitches you're looking for. If, you know, have you, how have you deviated, if any, in terms of going forward, do you want quote unquote quarantine content? Do you not like talk about what these conversations are in terms yeah. of going forward? We are doing a, um, some quick turn quarantine content. Some of our shows like, um, Reed Drummond and Guy Fieri and the kitchen, we're doing episodes or runs where we're continuing their regular shows shot at home by themselves. Um, and you've got the Amy Schumer. That was a quick and, yeah. thing. So tell me it how that sure came was. about. So um, we got a call from William Morris that um, Amy Schumer and her chef husband were, you know, like a lot of people who work in entertainment, they were, um, they were supposed to be working on projects that were paused. And they said, you know, her husband's a chef. She wants to learn to cook. Um, loves to make cocktails, loves everything that he makes. Would you ever want to do a show with them? And 
we said, of course, you know, we just love the dynamic of, um, of her being so funny. And we love that Chris is an incredible chef um, with a great cookbook and a great culinary point of view. And I had seen them together, you know, on social media, but I was like, oh, as a, as somebody, I'm just curious to see how they quarantine. Um, and we hopped on a Zoom call and she was so funny and their dynamic was so, um, was just something that you could like reach out and touch. Um, and we had Dave Mekowitz who runs our culinary team on the call and they were just riffing on recipes and ingredients. And um, so it was, every conversation was super fun right off the bat. And we were able to move more quickly than I think we ever have. <laughs> and so we're filming with them now and everyone's having a great time, but they're able to, they've had, they had some of their own cameras from a documentary. Um, and we also supplied some GoPros and they're filming it by themselves. And, um, we're hoping to launch that next month. So it's a very quick turn project. That'll be timely. So who's physically producing it them? Like how, who's going to edit it? Is there a production company attached? Big Fish is going to edit it. So, but there, um, for all of our productions, we are only doing self shot. So it's somebody who's in the household or a family member, or um, we're doing static cameras. So, um, you know, with Guy Fieri, for example, he has trained his 14 year old son, Ryder, to be a camera person. And his son, Hunter, is a producer. So anything that we're doing with Guy, they now have a setup of cameras that we sent them and they're rolling. So it's while it's limited in the kinds of shows you can make, um, to be creative in that kind of with those limitations has been really fun. So we are doing a bunch of the these um, quick turn shows, but then we're also mindful of, you know, once we are on the other side of quarantine, we do think people are going to be hungry to get out and um, we really want to support the restaurant industry when they get back up and running. And so we're eager to get back out there for with Triple D and Restaurant Impossible, but we will not be doing so until it's safe to go back into production. So while we're in production in some of these self-shot quarantine shows, our mandate really is to develop for um, the future. And so we're still looking for those ambitious shows with great characters, um, you know, um, places where we can follow documentary style. And what we're grateful for is there's production companies who because production has paused on some of their projects, they're really putting great minds to development. And so whether it's casting that we can do via Skype or paper development, we're still able to um, really continue on developing shows that we'll shoot later this year and um, are more long lead projects that aren't COVID related at all. I know you have to wrap up because you have a call just really quick. In terms of your best guess on when things get back to normal and like what's everybody talking about internally, is there a date or is it just kind of day by day? There isn't. It's day by day. And, um, you know, Discovery is an international company with 8,000 employees. And 
So whether we'll go back in phases or is anybody's guess, but I have to say as a company, they're being very responsible and communicative. Um, and so I feel good about being a part of a, a company that I feel really secure about in terms of them throughout this whole process, putting employees health and safety first. Um, so the leadership has been really inspiring, um, I have to say. So we're just taking it day by day, which is hard. You know, I'm a planner, but um, As we it's, are. yeah, but maybe it's a good break to just be like, you know what, we can, we can plan that we know this project will take 12 weeks. We don't know when we can start, but we'll be excited to have it 12 weeks starting from X date. And, and that's how we're approaching things. That's good. I like the optimism. We need it right yeah. now. Yep. Exactly. Thank you, Courtney. It's great to see your beautiful Thank face. You. Great to see you. And I love good. your wallpaper. So I want to hear more about that on our, our next call. <laughs> it's an accent wall. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Thanks again. Stay safe. Thanks. Okay, bye. You too. Bye. Okay. That was my chat with Courtney White, president of uh, the Food Network. And next up is Jason Sarlanis. Jason is, as I said, the SVP of development at TLC. He's been on this podcast two times, now his third time. I encourage you to go back and listen to both my podcast with Courtney and Jason. I had some really great chats with them about their former lives before their current jobs. And uh, Jason and I checked in with each other for the first time during quarantine. And it was great to see him and his Britney Spears style mic, which was very cool. Uh, enjoy. Hi, Jason. So good to Hi. see your face. Good to see your face over Zoom. What would Yay. we do without Zoom? I, I don't know, but it's forcing me to pay attention. Zoom does not work for ADHD. You got to be focused, right? You really have to be. Could you imagine <laughs> if this had happened to us 10 years ago? Like the whole industry would come to. Thank God we can at least interface through this zoom apparatus right now it's great and also i feel like people are okay with not wearing makeup and accepting seeing people without makeup so that could be changing things too as you notice i'm you, wearing like you need a <laughs> stitch of makeup come on god love you did you hear the pray did you listen to my drew tappen podcast with jenny of course i did <laughs> did you hear how we've appointed you top guy uh yeah I'm, and i'm really <laughs> pleased with that I'll, I'll i'll fight anybody for that king of the hill <laughs> I love that Drew said it's okay. Jason's a buyer. He can have it. Yeah. Drew should always put my needs ahead of his. Absolutely. Obviously. Well, first of all, how are you? We haven't spoken since all started. And by the way, we should say that this is now your third time on the podcast. So you're getting closer to the Justin Timberlake robe every day. I'm so much closer. It, it's all I look forward to in life is one day having that robe. Um, you know, I'm doing fine. I, I think that I'm a creature of habit and we've been definitely put into a world where now we are very, everything's very regimented and I, I can lean into that. Um, I, right now I'm okay. It's actually when things start getting back to whatever the new normal is, that's giving me heart palpitations. Right. Cause yeah. we don't even know what that's going to look like. So wait, what and is your routine? Phase. Like how do you, how, what is your day? Um, my day, I, I wake up uh, usually about six o'clock every morning. And then by 630, I'm in my daily uh, senior team management calls with. Um, so every day, yeah, the, the TLC senior close. team is getting together at, at very early in the morning and assessing, you know, what's going on. And also just, quite frankly, checking in on one another and making sure everybody's 
sane, uh-huh. or or at least as sane as we uh, <laughs> ever pretend to be. Um, and, and I haven't thought about moving this meeting just a little so you can get some beauty sleep. <laughs> well, uh, thankfully, uh, the bulk of the TLC senior team is on the East Coast, and the the few of us that are out here um, are totally cool with, uh, we're up anyway. So, you okay. know, and we dig in and we kind of go. I mean, I, I have, I'm averaging about 15, 15 meetings a day. Wow. Uh, so it's busier. It's not busier. It's just as busy it's, as it's ever been. Um, but you could do uh, double the amount, right? Yeah, just about. <laughs> it feels like it. But, you know, sometimes the the trick on this is the, the world changes during Corona, it seems like every two days. So it seems like as soon as we put out one fire, we realize, oh, wait, there's all these other fires uh, coming right down the pike. So, <laughs> little fires um, everywhere. Little fires everywhere, which I haven't seen yet. It's in my it's really binge worth list. It. Everybody's loving it. But yeah, um, we'll get to that later. But yeah. But I think that, you know, one of the things that's been particularly difficult is feeling like you're doing as much as you can. You're busier than ever. But by the nature of this particular beast, you're not as productive, you know, because as soon as you solve a problem, that problem unravels again. So that's been tricky. Right. So what does that actually manifest itself as in your daily routine, like in terms of the day to day of what you do? So you obviously run development, but you're also involved in production. So how are things changing? What's an example of how one fires out, another one comes up? Well, I think, you know, first of all, the, I have it so good in so much that I couldn't even fathom having to do the work that Alon and his team in our production unit are doing. I mean, they are like saints right now going through every single show, getting everything back on track as po- as best as possible. You know, I think for us, it's, it, it's, you know, when this first all happened, you know, there was a question of, is it a two week stop down? It, it, which state is still going to be in production? Which production company still wants to work? And now, you know, for TLC in particular, that's try uh, ma- that magnitude of that around the world, given what we're doing with 90 Day Fiance. Right. So t- talk about working with regional governments. Uh, forget 50 states. We were working with 160 wow. countries. So um, it it seemed like every few days a new regulation was being issued or this would change or we're assessing it. You know, we've got enough tape days on this show. Did we get enough of our pickup interviews? So it's been constantly kind of, as the information has been coming in, reassessing how far along we are in production on any given show. And, uh, you know, do we have enough to finish off this show? How else are we doing it? And then for us, um, in the development side, really pivoting and saying, okay, what do we want to be generating that's new in this environment? And will it be evergreen enough that it will continue to resonate for the viewer? Um, you know, I, I probably within the first five days got some iteration of love Corona style or, you know, <laughs> love under quarantine or be my quarantine. You know, uh, we were just inundated with pitches um, and trying to kind of quickly triage and say, which of these are really viable and which of these will resonate with a viewer and which of these are worth an investment that we're not just, you know, throwing something on air that won't ever exist again, uh, six months, 12 months. Cause you know, we're not in it for a, a three season run. You know, we want our shows to go on for 10 seasons, 15 seasons. Well, I have to say one of those shows that did break through that you greenlit is so genius because if I had had this 20 years ago, my life would have been different, which is the dating from the couch, which I think will hold up no matter what. So talk about that because that's just perfect. uh, We, you know, it's called Find Love Live and it's a show that's premiering relatively soon, uh, May 10th. But 
you know, this is something that's actually been in the works at TLC for over a year. Um, so, you know, Howard gave us the edict of like, just play around and, and figure out what a new late night show could be for us. And Sarah Holman and myself, uh, uh, our VP out of New York, locked ourselves in a, in a room and just used a whiteboard and sketched out this, this idea of essentially in every episode, a different single will get on camera, pour their heart out to America live and say who wants to call in and see if we're a love connection and through you know zoom technology that's doable nowadays um and we worked with partners and tech and figured it all out and then we were ready to premiere and covid happened so we had to that's quickly insane. pivot yeah it, it it oddly became the most topical thing we could ever <laughs> imagine yeah, I can't think of a show developed before all of this that can seamlessly fold so easily into this new model. I mean, it's built yeah. for it. I yeah, thought I mean, it was it, greenlit now. I didn't realize. No, it's that been was in the not works. a quick reaction show. That was wow. one that we had been in the works for a very long time. Visionary. And- and we just, well, I, <laughs> trust me, I would have happily not been a visionary when yes. it comes to this type of show. Right. Um, and, you know, the production uh, entity that we're working with, it, it, it really was difficult to figure out how to do this in a in a safe way post uh, social distancing. But thankfully, we figured that out. And, and the whole show is being remotely produced. Um, and, and how does that work? Gonna, like, give us yeah. a little window into how it's actually going to be produced. First of all, who is the producer? So, um, you know, we sketched this out. We even wrote the initial script ourselves internally at TLC. Like this was truly uh, homegrown. And then uh, we found an amazing uh, producer, Adam Height, who we brought in um, through Discovery Studios, who's housing it. And it's been really, you know, homegrown, this particular show. Um, And yeah, we're producing it slightly how we normally would. We got rid of the studio element completely and our, our just working with our host, uh, Sukanya, who will be uh, doing it out of a, essentially like a, a locked off room away from anybody else. Um, and then everybody Zooming in and Skyping in will be doing it from their own couch. Um, and then our producers who telethon style will be fielding all of these calls to right. select who's ultimately going to be on air live are doing that from their own home. So, so no truck, like normally there would be a production truck yeah, or something Yeah, so like we're not doing any... Show any real control room here. Um, and we even have essentially a virtual control room that is being set up so that we can do comms and all of the different producers and network execs will be in this virtual room and figuring it out together on the fly. Hopefully, hopefully it all goes off without a hitch. I can't well, wait. We need, some, we need some hitches. We need some things to. Right. To, of course. Yeah. That's part of it. I think that, you know, from the producers I've been talking to, sort of like embracing the flaws is also part of this new normal. Like we're all along yeah, for this ride. Oddly, I'd say for us at TLC, we've been embracing the flaws since uh, <laughs> way before I started here. And that's part of what makes it our special sauce. So for us, it's it's exciting. I mean, you look at what um, Sharp and our current team did with 90 Day Fiance self-quarantine. And to have that show turned around within two and a half weeks, essentially, uh, warts and all. And it premiered through the roof for us the other day. And we're, we're loving it. You know, it's a, it's a great, great new show. Did you hear my interview with Matt? I did. But right. I mean, it's like, dude, when do you have the time to be building a tree house, Matt? I, I, right? You, you, you owe us a lot of casting right now. <laughs> we have a lot of shows going with you. See, this so is the problem. Development. When mm-hmm. producers peel back the curtain on their life, they're not allowed yeah. to do anything else. <laughs> 
Jenny spending well, time with those kids. How dare she? Jenny can spend time with her kids. It's Matt. <laughs> Matt, who I <laughs> we need twenty four seven right yeah. now. He's only got like fifty shows for you guys. Mm-hmm. So go back to development and the kinds of pitches that you're assessing to figure out kind of like what works now, what's going to work in the future. Give us some that you've greenlit that seem yeah. to make sense for right now or for the future. Well, I'll just say that about. you know, there's two things. You know, first of all, I in the pivot to working remotely, the thing that I think has truly suffered the most is the the art of the pitch and the the kind of pageantry of it. Um, there's nothing worse than sitting in your makeshift office. I'm in my guest room right now, for instance, having seven boxes, Brady Bunch style, staring at you while you watch their tape for four or five minutes. <laughs> um, it's ridiculously awkward. All the nuance is lost. So um, I really do miss the in-person pitch. I'll be, I'll be really honest with you. And I think one of the issues... And I love the creativity and the ingenuity that we're getting from the production community right now. But I think everybody jumped on the exact same bandwagon of what can I produce really quick, really uh, cheaply right now that could be on the air in three weeks. But we all know that networks have been uh, producing the stuff that's going to be on our air for the next two months (laughs) for the last 18 months. Uh, I, I don't need something for right now. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do need something for when we're out of this mess, um, hopefully, hopefully soon, um, that the audience is going to just want to relish and and eat up. And unfortunately, at least for me, I don't think the audience is going to want to live in a quarantine world totally, and be constantly reminded of all things quarantine (laughs) and how terrible their lives were at that moment. They're going to want to escape from that. And so I've yet to really hear a great influx of pitches that can be produced as as COVID proof, but aren't just dripping with all things COVID, even in the visual reminders of what it's like to be in a Zoom environment. That's so actually that's really what good I to really hear. Need. Yeah. Because I was going to lean in on that on a pitch next week. So I'm glad to hear it. I and mean, I not think, in the production of it, but in sort yeah. of like the why now of it, like a sort of an ancillary like especially during these times kind of thing. <laughs> well, and I uh, what I'm really anxious to hear is the producers who are prognosticating what these times are going to be 6 months from now, 9 mm-hmm. months from now. What is the viewer going to be craving then? Um because unfortunately, uh other than Final of Live, which is, you know, a live show being produced during this, um the shows that we're producing now are going to have to resonate for the post quarantine viewer. And to keep that in mind, you know, one of the things that a lot of people keep uh, joking with us about is, you know, the divorce rates are going to be through the roof. <laughs> so what, what does that mean? What does it mean to be uh, newly single post uh, COVID? Or is that viewer going to want to see something? Um, what's going to mean for the, the parents that are going to feel so dumb six months from now, like what's the iteration of, are you smarter than a fifth grader? That's going to resonate <laughs> with, with parents after they've all lived it, you know, trying to think a little bit ahead uh, is what I really would charge the development community right now to be doing. All right. Live pitch, 90 day divorce. <laughs> there you go. Done. Well, uh, I'm a little disappointed in you because <laughs> you should have gone with 90 day divorcee, right? Like oh, that's what is wrong with me. See, I know. I know. We've been there. Obviously, we've been down that road a few times. How many times? um, Exactly. By the way, you heard me pitch this to Matt, so I'm going to make my pitch to you. I want to see the quarantine version of Azan and Nicole. 
locked you know, in a room together. I, the, I got to tell you, in, in our war bunker of all things 90 Day, we pretty much have every iteration of everything you could possibly think of. <laughs> so um, I, I defer to what Matt and ultimately Elon and Howard decide to go with there. But I think there's there's good stuff brewing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so great about your network is that it's so escapist, even though it's gritty and real, it's also so escapist. So it manages, you know, as opposed to Bravo, that's really more kind of aspirational and glitzy and, and with a, with a sheen, you guys have such a different approach and yet you're blowing everyone out of the water, which just shows that people want to watch that kind of programming. I mean, everybody moved their shows off Thursday night, uh, sorry, off of Sunday night because of you guys. They couldn't compete with yeah. the Kardashians, your friends. I know. How dare you? But look at look at how good Thursday night is doing for Kardashians. I'm really proud of Buner Murray um, yeah. for, for reinvigorating that franchise. I think, listen, at the end of the day, uh, we're really lucky that our secret sauce seems to be working. You know, we, everybody's, you know, raving about how their ratings are doing post- you know, quarantine because the hot levels have gone through the roof. Thankfully that, yes, we're experiencing some benefits from that, but at the, uh, we've been seeing the audience flock to us for, you know, quite a while before that. And I think to your point, it's because we're being aspirational. I think that we're showing lifestyles that people might aspire to or be fascinated by, but we're not elitist. Uh, And that's the the point of differentiation. Mm. And I'll be really curious to see when, Another thing that post COVID yeah. or or during the end of COVID here, you know, the the viewer and even ourselves, our, the producers and the viewers are being hit really hard with economic um, downturn and crisis. And are you going to really care about some of the more elitist lifestyles and their woe is me problems? You look at the backlash on certain celebrities right now, <laughs> right. Um, and I think it's incredibly warranted. So uh, to to give the viewer a mirror into what real people are dealing with, salt of the earth Americans who are you know living just trying to live their best life, um, yeah. has been part of what we do, and I think it's going to matter more now than ever. I think that's a really good point, and I think you're right about the celebrities because it's a lot of it's just insufferable. It's just like, stop. I don't want to see yeah. Mindy Kaling from her closet anymore. I can't. I know. I, I, I Listen, you want to do a performance in a, on a Disney special, which by the way, was, I think incredible TV and the ratings proved it. I'm all yeah. in, but I don't want to hear you complain about your third mansion. Um, that's just <laughs> not, that's just not interesting to me or to be so tone deaf as to say, it feels like you're in jail when there's a real crisis with people being let out of jails because they're, they're dying in there because of Corona. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, and I think that's that's the difference between us and our competitors forever. It's that we we just lean into the the more authentic, real journey that Americans are going on. Even though, obviously, for us, it's got to be bigger than life in terms of what they're going through. But their personalities, they're they're just very genuine. Right now, do you have anything else coming up? that's launching soon that you can talk about that's already been in the can for a while that you're excited about? Um, I think most of our new premieres uh, we've are, are kind of circling around what we've, we've talked about thus far. There's nothing I can, can reveal necessarily okay. here. Um, but we do have, Oh my God, we, I, I, I I'm going to just tease and say we have some of the best, 
casting for a season one show that I've ever seen in my career. Um, Whoa, will, in your career? In my career. That's big talk. Uh, on a show that we are just really, really excited about coming around the pike. So uh, that's Is that like one the of the summer. Th- Is that the fall? Uh, yeah, TBD on when it will premiere. TBD. But uh, here's what one of the great benefits of working in development right now is in development, we live in the future and uh, the present isn't a very pleasant place right now, but we're dreaming about what 18 months are going to be like from now. And uh, that gives me hope. (laughs) So every day, every day I see a pitch and I think, Oh, I can't wait for us to be able to produce a show like this. And that's exciting. You know, I think thinking about what can be is, is reinvigorating us every day. Yeah, me too. I can't wait for the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As my daughter says, this sucks. Yeah. So I think it's we not, all feel it's, that. It is not fun for anybody, you know? Yeah. And I think what we also feel and what we're constantly, I have to say, corporately, Discovery has been incredible. Um, every week we do a town hall meeting with our CEO, David Zaslav, and all 10,000 employees from around the world gather and we talk about what's going on and we're learning from all, you know, Discovery is an inherently international company. So we've had people from our Chinese office, from our Italian office, sit there and t- tell us in America, like, here's what to expect. So we, we've we all been working together and, and it's also really helped us kind of come together as one world and think about how do we make sure that the producers who are our partners who are going through a tough time, like how are we funneling them content to make for us quick turn? Are there recuts that we would have normally done internally, you know, and just say, Hey, get some more editors employed right now. Um, Anything we can do to make sure that this storm, which is, is painful on all sides is something that the whole industry is going to be able to weather. Yeah. I like to hear it. So before we wrap up, tell me what you are watching to distract yourself from all of this. You know, I somehow did not watch Elite until just now. Have you seen Elite? I've started it and it's on my list. Let's put it that way. It is the most, it's like Gossip Girl with the volume turned up to 17. Um, It's a Spanish language um, soap opera set in an elite private school. Uh, I just, thank God there are three seasons of it for me to binge. So I've been staying up late every night watching that, which has been awesome. So I have been just devouring every podcast under the sun. The fact that we have Dr. Sanjay Gupta every single day for 10 minutes, helping us understand the real realities of this world um, has been a lifesaver for me personally. And I, I thank God for what that. What is he saying about bleach? Should we be drinking it? Like I'm unclear. I don't know <laughs> if it if it's a mixer that you add to the vodka right. soda or, you know, how that teeny? should work. Bleach, bleach teeny. <laughs> I love that. Now you've redeemed your yourself that's a good one <laughs> exactly. um, by the way you're watching housewives of new york i don't know, you know if you, you i dip beverly Hills? in and out i'm not a huge 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 housewife fan um i i enjoy it every time i watch an episode but it's it actually you know andy cohen always talked about how the housewives are the modern day replacements for the daytime soaps right and i watch them the way i used to watch a daytime soap where you could go for <laughs> yes, three months without seeing an episode and then you see an episode and nothing's really changed they're nope. arguing about the same seven things yep. um and that's what i like about housewives so i can't really comment on the the current storylines although i did see that denise richards uh what she she, she quit the show right it's, is that she is that what filming, happened but that she yeah, came they back yeah got that card saying something yes, about she stopped card. filming she yeah stopped. there was the whole thing with brandy it's the whole thing 
Oh, you know, I got to say, you know, back in our E days, we did a show called Denise Richards, Colin, oh, It's Complicated. Colin, and, it's Complicated. And I got to be like, wh- where was where was this right? catty, fiery Denise when I was doing it a whole so show? Boring. Oh, <laughs> no my offense. God. I no, watched listen. every episode. I remember her in her home spray tan with yeah. her dad. Yeah. yeah. It was very wholesome. It was Irv. like watching like Middle America. Irv. <laughs> Irv. With yeah, her pigs. No. I was but like, where's this? She's got a dark side when you're married to Charlie Sheen. Well, she's shown something. some of that dark side on Housewives. I'll tell you that yeah. much. So yeah, I'm excited for the season. Power to evolution for bringing it out of her because that I know how difficult that was. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Elite, anything else? Any suggestions to the audience? Uh, Elite. Uh, let me think about what else Ozark? I'm watching. Doing I, I'm not an Ozark guy. Okay. I, there's something. <laughs> I, Drew Tappen will hate me for this, but like Jason Bateman, it's not my thing. Just I've never, I'm never it. really, yeah. Um, trying to think what else I'm watching that I'm just absolutely obsessed with. I can't, nothing really. I, 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 I wish I could be more interesting with that answer. I should have prepped for that one. Alita, you're, not watch, just, you're not watching your history documentaries? I'm always watching my history documentaries. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the joke is uh, I could tell you about the history of sand because I just watched a documentary about it. And I did. There, there was a really cool. Wait, um, a sand? S-A-N-D? About sand. Yeah. Like, like did on the you beach? Know I had, yeah, sand on the beach. I had no idea that like the Middle East actually buys sand from Australia and ships it in. What? Yeah. Like these are the things that, that entertain me. <laughs> these are the things I find fascinating. Where was that documentary? On YouTube. All this stuff's just like crap I watch on YouTube incessantly. Right. Absolutely Amazing. incessantly. But I'm telling you, Elite is good. I texted Damla, um, who's over at Netflix. And I yeah. said, Damla, please, can you do a behind the scenes special about the people that dub the voices for Elite? Because I just want to see their faces. Oh, you watch it dubbed. You don't do subtitles? I watch it dubbed. Like old school Godzilla movie. The lips are moving and none okay. of it lines up. It's, it. I think it adds to the camp value for right? me. Totally. That I, that I just really, really I enjoy. I it that way. Mm-hmm. I did. I just did the whole season of Fauda, which is amazing, an amazing show. And it's a lot of work to read those subtitles. I may need yeah. a break. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, late at night, my brain is hard enough. It is hard enough. Even though, look at 90 Day Fiance, another great example of, of uh, subtitles working well. The other thing, I, I, I kind of have to plug this show, Sister yes. Wives, so this good. season, if you have not seen this season, I think it was like season nine or 10. It was our highest rated season ever. Wow. Ever of the show. Isn't that crazy? And crazy. like, this is a show that is still so relevant and the drama that happens this uh, go go binge that on our go app okay. it was so freaking good and then obviously you're gonna have to watch find love not just watch find love live like don't you know somebody that should call in do you know any single people that need to My find aunt, love but she's like 66 is that i don't care all ages We're, tlc is all ages all right. look at jenny okay. and sumit she's what 67 68 <laughs> And she's our like biggest star on 90 Day the Other Way. So okay. yeah, we, we want everybody, if they're a character and if they're truly, the one thing is we want people that genuinely want to make a connection. You know, right. it's like people who are going to really- What happens after the show? Like then what? What happens once they like each other? Well, that's going to be a part of the show. Now. That's going to be part of the show. Okay. We're going to chronicle some of these people and what their love life is going to continue to morph into. It's going to be so, so much like 90 day by design, because 
by the time they fall in love over Zoom, they might just go get married when this is all over. I hear spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. No, I, mean, I, I think that's the whole point. I think one of the things that the whole 90 day universe uh, made us realize is that people fall in love authentically in the most bizarre ways. <laughs> and so what Find Love Live allows us to do is be a part of that journey just live on television. And and the exciting thing there is just how awkward and weird and bizarre that should be. So um, I can't wait to see what happens, you know. Would TLC have done Love is Blind? No. Um, I think- Not organic? It, it, yeah, exactly. The The-, the Artifice of it right. works perfectly for other networks. And yeah. and quite frankly, you know, I love Love is Blind was really well produced. I give him a lot of credit. But the show that was a little bit more authentic already exists with Married at First Sight. And it's essentially the same concept, right? It's Burn. No, no, but, I mean, but it's kinetic. You can't burn them. They, they did right. the same show themselves hey, listen, twice. Kudos. Yeah. Kudos to them. Um, but, but did you, you watch know, it? Did you watch it? I did Blind? watch it. And I think it was, it was really, really well done. Essentially they're like, how do we take married at first sight and mix in the bachelor in paradise? Right. Like that's what that show is. Um, and they did a great casting was phenomenal (laughs) and, and and kinetics really good. You know, they did a show in that vein for us when, uh, called spouse house. Uh, and we really tried that more, you know, produced social experiment vein. And I think that's just not what the TLC linear environment really lends itself toward. Well, that doesn't matter because you have a million other hits. So who cares? Well, and hopefully a million and a million and one. A million and That's, one. You're only as good as your, your latest hit. So hopefully are, we've got some big ones out. coming. You're awesome, Jason. Thank you for being a Treepeat podcast. Of course. Uh, listen, I and I look forward to Three-peat, when we get to do uh, number four, hopefully in person. <laughs> All right, honey. Take care. Good to see Bye. you. Bye. 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 